exactly. Um, I trust me. I remember as a kid getting punished, taking the Wi-Fi away. <laughs> oh, all this that's stuff. the worst. The Wi-Fi is the worst. Yes. I remember that punishment. Yes, <laughs> taking away. The Stability, the podcast, hosted by Hassan Ashraf. My name is Jared Maldonado. Um, I played Rocket League for college. We competed for scholarships, um, and I played for Seton Hall University. Wow. What did you go to university for? I went to university for economics and finance. Um, so completely different field, away from IT, <laughs> focused on business. Um, but yeah. Uh, do, were you big, like in terms of like, um, what's my question? Like you went for business, right? Are you graduated now? Yes. Yes. I'm graduate now. Exciting. Okay. Let's talk about your career into gaming. Like how'd you get into the gaming scene? Like how were you like, as a kid, did you always just go home and first thing you did was turn on the Xbox or the PS and just play that? How that? Started? Uh, yeah. So that is a long story. So I can, I can get started there. Um, it started when I was three, and that was on console, but I switched off console pretty early as a kid. Um, but I started playing Grand Theft Auto 3 as a three-year-old, um, funny enough, um, on PS2. And yeah. from that day forth, I ended up getting addicted to probably video games. And I feel addicted is a uh, strong word to use there, because you have to keep in mind, I don't come from the best town. Mm -hmm. um, so going outside was kind of dangerous. Um, so staying inside and playing video games was something I found comforting and almost, uh, a way of self-improvement for myself. Um, but as I got older and, uh, around like 10, 11, I discovered the world of PC gaming and I started off on a really bad laptop, um, which I then dealt with, played some video games with, um, got horrible frames and basically bad for performance to the point where I couldn't really play, but I stuck with it anyways until I was around 13 and built my own computer. Um, at around 13, I ended up building my first computer um, and I just started playing a bunch of games. I started playing um, League of Legends, Counter-Strike Source, um, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, uh, Battlefield 3, every game you could think of, but I found myself gravitating towards um, competitive games and games where they had a ranking system and where I can compare myself to other players. Um, and then when I turned around 16, 17, Rocket League came out. That was the year of 2015, um, which I discovered through a friend who was playing it. Uh, a bunch of my friends are playing private matches. Um, and I was just, I was interested in the game, but I didn't realize the skill potential in the game. Because um, if anyone has played Rocket League, it's like a soccer game uh, with cars who have boost. Um, Man, I suck at that game. I don't understand how. Like, I've been playing for the past two months, and I've yet, like, I keep losing. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm a god level at the game, personally, but I think people beating me think otherwise, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's how I felt at the yeah. very beginning as well. Because um, I remember I saw one of my friends jump off the ground and start hitting the ball in the air, and I was like, is that even possible? I thought this was just the ground game. Um, and then as I put more time and hours into it, I got really, really good at the game. Um, percentage wise, it was top 1% back in 2016 ish. Wow. Um, and I just kept playing until I hit college. Um, and I ended up founding the team with my, um, with my friends, my best friends and another friend I met through class. 
which then we competed in a college tournament and then ended up competing in the Big East. But that's a long story made simplified. So if you have any more questions and no, yeah, deeper depths or details, Let, let's I got get, you. Let's get into this. Okay, let's talk about, you know, you're in high school, you're applying for college. What, what decided you go to the college that you did? Uh, I went to my college for financial reasons. Um, it was not because of esports. And I, if I was four years later, like if I was born four years later, yeah. and I was applying to college probably now in 2020. I think I would have considered schools simply because of esports, because of that. That, that that's how the industry is growing today. Um, but at 2016, that wasn't a big deal yet. Um, so I wasn't joining college due to scholarship or anything yet. Okay. Uh, but I joined Scene Hall because they gave me the best financial uh, hey, reasons to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to go to Fordham, um, but Fordham would have left me like 180K in debt. Scene Hall left me debt free. So easy 100, decision. 108. Oh my God. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, college debt is serious nowadays. Yeah. Holy. Uh, so then you were in college and what decided that you were like, you know, I want to start up a team, you know, I want to start doing like what you're in college was EA sports for you becoming really big for you guys. Yeah. So that's a fun story. Um, do you want to know what my first semester in college was yes, like? I didn't you, bring a gaming computer. Let, let's do that. Yeah. What was your first semester like for a kid who that games that didn't bring a gaming computer? Yeah, so I was I was a gamer. I played a lot every day, and I knew I wanted to go to college. I wanted to make friends. I wanted to network, uh, and I wanted to do things college kids do. And I was a bit concerned that if I brought my computer, I would just stay in my dorm and I wouldn't play. I mean, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't participate as much as I would or should have. Um, so I decided to leave it at home. So what did I end up doing? I ended up trying to find all my friends who had a Xbox or a PC and then going to their dorm room and playing Rocket League on their computer. <laughs> so, I, so I would do that. Um, and uh, one night I went to a fraternity party and of course did not consume alcohol as an 18 year old should not do. Of course. Of um, course. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and as I was coming home, you know, not, I mean, completely yeah. sober. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to my friend's dorm room, and I, I was just knocking on people's dorm rooms who I, I knew might be awake that I was close friends with. And I uh, I wasn't even looking for Rocket League at the time. Yeah. I was just looking for someone to chill it. And I knocked on my friend Connor O'Reilly's uh, door. Um, he opens a door holding an Xbox controller. And I was like, oh, what's good, dude? And then he was, it was like 2 a.m. He was like, oh, what's up, man? Um, I was like, what are you doing? He told me, I'm playing Rocket League. I just downloaded it like last month. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then we went in and uh, we ended up becoming really good friends from that. Yeah. Uh, and he was really bad at Rocket League at the time. He was like bronze or gold, just started, couldn't do anything. And he's never seen anyone who's good at the game, like be able to play it. And then when I played on his Xbox and started doing crazy stuff, uh, he got addicted. And then we spent the whole freshman year pretty much playing a lot of Rocket League together sometimes after parties um sometimes skipping parties to play rocket league yeah. um and and then after doing that long enough um he got good enough to be high like top three percent four percent for me showing him how to get better wow um and and then we the career fair not career fair the um 
the school has like a yeah, what's it they, called? They they have their club fair, right? They they have all these clubs out, and they're yeah. like, oh, you can join this club, you can join this club, you know, if you're sports, whatever, all that stuff, right? That's what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was like an interest fair or something along those lines. And um, when I entered the interest fair, there was an esports club, um, which I saw one of my friends in classroom. I said hello because I, I I know about esports. I've been interested in it as a kid. Um, they told me they wanted to start a, a rocket league team, and if I wanted to help found it. And if I knew anyone that would be interested. So uh, put two and two together. Um, I created it from there. Right. So so what was it like starting up a club and taking it to uh, like such an extreme? You know, you're like one top 1% in the world for Rocket League. What, the world or are we talking North America? We're talking the world. The world. See, you're top 1%. Your buddy's <laughs> top 3 to 4% in the world. So when did you guys... Like, when did you guys uh, decide that, you know, wow, we're actually really good. We're going to go and compete in a tournament. Like, when was your first time competing in a tournament? Um, well, I was completely open to, open yeah. to it uh, for a while. Because <clears throat> there's more opportunity to grow in the collegiate uh, scene than there is in the actual professional scene. Right. Um, so, top 1% in the world. So, there are millions of players. I, I don't even know the exact number today. So, I'm just going to say something above 5 million. Yeah. Um. And, and I would say at the time in 2017, I was probably top 2,000, 1,000. Wow. But if you wanted to be a top player in the world, if you wanted to play in what's called the RLCS, Rocket League Championship Series, um, you would need to be top 50, top 100. Right. Um, top 1,000 doesn't cut it. That's the, that's, that's the interesting thing. Because there's only about 10 teams, three players each. That leaves 30 players. Um, so the difference between top 1,000 and top 100 uh, is quite dramatic. Yeah. Um, in terms of hours, have you ever heard of something called the 10,000 hour 10, theory? 10,000 hours to master one one skill, yeah. Yes, yes. So in 2017, I probably had around 3,000 hours. Um, and the top 50, 100 players had easily 10,000 hours. Wow. Um, wow. They were also younger than me. So yeah. they would be playing, you know, in high school, no responsibilities, just get their homework done and play some Rocket League all day. So they had the time to put in those hours. And I was in college, so I had a lot less time to uh, yeah. be able to put in those hours. Right. So when I started up the uh, the college scene, um, that was a lot easier for me and better transition because the, the players playing in the college team uh, were salary. usually top – Less hours, they yeah. would have top five. They would be like top five percent, top ten percent. Um, they were still good players, but just not just near better. the same level that we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the best way to put it. We were just better. Um, so that was exciting. And honestly, I didn't know if how good the competition was going to be. This is something I discovered as I was playing. Yeah. Um, so I, we just decided to join it, uh, and we played from our dorm rooms, and we took it all the way. That's crazy. What What is it like? So do you guys train for this? Were you guys like, okay, we're going to grab some water bottles, you know, put some headbands on, go like, go for a jog, come back, warm up, all that stuff? Or what are we talking? What's like an EA Sports like tournament uh, regiment schedule for you guys, like training schedule? So that's a great question because early off 2017, we didn't have a strict one. Um, it was more like, if well we played very often because we were friends so we would just consider us playing together um practice um so in 2017 we were also just naturally better than most of the people so we were able to get away with that uh but i played up until my senior year 
And my senior year, we ended up having one of those top 50 kids I was referring to oh, uh, joining the man. school. Um, oh, and his no. name, his well, no, his name is Tone, and he yeah. was actually uh, an amazing player. Oh, for you uh, guys, like he joined your guys' team. Yes. Oh, yes. that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he joined the team. Um, and when he joined, the game changed. And also, the competition in our league got much better. Much, much better. Right. Um, and because we had won the 2017 Big East tournament um, and we came out first, Seton Hall decided to fund our esports program with about a million dollars worth of funding. A um, million dollars worth of funding. Yes. Oh while it sounds a lot, it's like 0.1% of the entire school's budget when you but, think about it that way. But the amount of equipment you would have been able to get for that million dollars, though, you guys went from freaking dorm gamers to like professional gamers over like through two, three years. Yes. Yes. That was super. It was yeah. one of the most exciting things. Um, and honestly, the sad part is that as like a founding father, quote unquote, yeah. um, which I have a habit of doing, by the way, Connor O'Reilly uh, and I founded a fraternity together. So we ended up doing that twice with Rocket League. Wow. Um, and when we founded this, the uh, the people really reap the benefits of the people who come after us. You understand? Right. Not you, but the people that are, yeah, the, the kids that come into the school <clears throat> the year after you because you're in your senior year, right? When you get this funding. Yeah, uh, it was our senior year when we finally built the um, the esports room, and yeah. that ended up com- replacing the computer room they had. Uh, and it had about sixteen gaming desktop PCs, uh, four very large LCD screens to be uh, H- I mean, to be able to watch stream that, yeah. our games. Yeah, or watch and review footage. Holy! Um, and then, yeah, and our friend Tone ended up coming in, and at this time he understood that the way a professional gamer gets better is by doing scrimmages mm-hmm. um, and against other teams and better teams. Uh, if you're scrimming against worse teams, it's no good. And if you're, scr- if you're just doing solo queue, do you know what solo queue is? Yeah. Just playing by yourself. Right. Yeah. Solo queue or even team. Yeah. Or, or just teaming up, but then playing against matchmaking players, you know, oh, yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't a- get the same level. No, because some of them are trash, some are really good, some are just like, it's just a mm-hmm. random pick, right? Exactly. Um, some of them can be really good, some of them can be really bad. Um, a lot of them are just not even playing as a team, like as opposed to when you're playing against another university. Exactly. They're going to be thinking as a team, they're going to be looking for team plays, they're going to be looking for passes, uh, and they're going to just have different ideas when they hit the ball than a completely random matchmaking team would. Um, I mean, when you go into a scrimmage, the difference between matchmaking and a scrimmage is that the other team has better level of play. So therefore you're preparing yourself better just by competing in that level. Right. So that ended up becoming our new way of preparing. And that had a more strict regimen. We were meeting up on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and then any time between that, that we can just find extra time, we would end up meeting then. And just trying to set up scrimmages, usually against better players. Stockton right. University was one of those best uh, teams that we would end up playing against because um, they had some of the top players in the world. Um, so then the way we would prepare in the end was more along those lines. And they're still doing that today. Uh, I just kind of oversee and um, still just keep an eye out and give them some words of advice as an alumni. Right. As a founding member of this Rocket team. Did you, did, you yeah. guys at, did you guys at least like put your guys' names in there or something? Be like, hey, you know, engrave this into like the brick or something. Like, <laughs> we, should, is, we should do that. 
You, I feel like you should be like, you know, Rocket League's not going anywhere for a few years. And especially that room. If you've made a room for gaming, they're going to use it for a lot of things, right? You know, put put, yep. put down your founding father's figure stuff. You like have a statue in there or something holding a gaming controller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. That's actually really Maybe so. Because here's the thing. With, yeah. With legal, uh, the the team itself. There's two teams. There was Rocket League and League of Legends. But League right. of Legends never won at the time. Um. So now both teams use it. So yeah, as a founding father Rocket League team, I would love to have the controller, especially since League of Legends doesn't have a controller. Yeah. It would just be funny. Oh, no, that would be really funny. League of Legends is great. I used to play when I was younger. I was never good at it. The games just took forever. You had to sit there, and it was like one game was 40 minutes minimum. Like 40 minutes wasn't going anywhere if you were playing against a decent team. If you are like really trash playing against another team in League of Legends, it was like okay, 20, 20, 20, 25 minutes, the game was over. But that's the League of Legends. But with so with this Rocket League, do you still continue to play Rocket League? And can, I actually have seen your Instagram, so it looks like you do. Like, are you a Twitch streamer? Where have you taken this Rocket League and gaming to? Uh, I do occasionally uh, Twitch stream. Uh, Itz underscore Jared. Um, right. But I don't stream that often, and I also don't play as often nowadays because I have more work to do and. Right. Uh, more things to do and also just looking for more opportunities in life. I, I, I still play, um, but I don't have the same enjoyment because uh, competing at a competitive level in college is just different than just playing every day. Right. And um, in 2020, was it 2020? Let me do some math here. 2019, um, we had our second tournament and this time it was a land tournament. It was, uh, it was held in New York City. So Marquette and DePaul and all those teams, because DePaul's near Chicago, yeah. um, they, they flew in all the way to New York City, and they were flown in by their schools to be able to play in this um, uh, land tournament. And it was over the course of two days held by the, in, near the financial district. <clears throat> and uh, we, our school ended up paying for our hotel rooms, which was super cool. Um, and uh, we played that one all the way up to the end, and we came second in that one. Barely, wow. barely missing first. Yeah. Barely missing first. We went around 29 and four, I think. Um, and the only four games we lost were in the finals. We were undefeated uh, 29 games in a row. Like, no, not 29, 26 games in a row. Yeah. And then we went three and f- to four in the finals. That's tough. That is tough. Yes. But yeah. like, but like, okay, so you like, that was, was that your like highlight of like, you know, you know, when you started the thing, like when you start something, you never see progression, right? It's very slow. Like I'm talking from personal experience, starting the podcast, starting up other things, right? You never see any change at the beginning. It's just very slow progress. But it seems like within the four years, your progress went from like this, it went from a straight cur- like line to a giant freaking uh, exponential curve, like. That's what it sounds like. How like that must be thrilling. Was must have been thrilling. It absolutely was. Um, the the land final was probably the most thrill I've had. Even though we didn't win that one, yeah. um, and I wish we did, but that that experience definitely changed who I was. And honestly, losing was a humbling experience, and I think that was important to learn too. Um, but the reason why that was such a highlight, as you say, um, was because the final was actually on stage. Um, so it was on this main stage, uh, the games before that they were held in a room where everyone was on PCs next to each other. So while that was cool, uh, it was kind of whatever, but the, the finals was held on stage to a, a small crowd. I think there was like a hundred people there. 
So, um, so it wasn't like it's a lot, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't like when when uh, I think stage and esports, I'm thinking League of Legends. League of Legends, you know, yeah, but, but League of Legends World Final, they have like five million dollar prizes. It's just ridiculous, League of Legends at this point. Like exactly, so yeah. different goals. Yeah. Um. So what was it? so you said you guys ba- uh, fought for sponsorships? It kind of seems like a war or something. Like what? What can you explain a little <laughs> bit of that? Yeah, we were we were all just holding spears and just stabbing the other teams, and we were just going for it uh, to get scholarships, kind of like a war. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Makes sense. That um, makes sense. I get it. <laughs> uh, but in seriousness, um, it, the way it worked is that uh, there was there were scholarships in competitions we had called um, CRL, um, so Collegiate Rocket League, and that was held by the official Rocket League uh, organization. Uh, Psionics, which owns Rocket League. And in order to compete for this scholarship, you need to qualify for certain positions uh, and you needed to um, end up placing at certain levels. And depending where you place in the league, that depends on how much uh, scholarship you receive. Um, So we ended up placing second out of 156 teams twice um, in qualifiers. Um, And in order to qualify for the scholarship, you need to place first. Oh, what? Yes. That's why. Because there are like thousands of teams uh, in the country competing to just get one of like 15 places in the league um, in order to get scholarship. So we ended up competing for those. um, And the most we ever secured was around $500 in scholarship each. Um, And that's just because of where we play second and the second time they were able to give that to second place qualifiers, but the first time, no. So it was very, to be honest, it was kind of like a war. Like you honestly said that, right. It was pretty much straight to to those spears. You know, like people, (laughs) if you think about it, like people uh, fight for academic scholarships, people fight for leadership scholarships. People are always like, you know, trying to fight for money, like in, in any possible way they can get it to pay for those college debts. Right. And, you know, Rocket League is no different. Like, you're just, it, it seems kind of like you're watching an anime or you're watching like a cartoon, you know, like when you used to watch Pokemon, be like, okay, hey, I'm going to choose Pikachu. I'm going to battle you out for like a prize or something or like a tournament. And it's basically like you're living, you're living a cartoon in real life almost, especially when you said you got to battle on this big stage and like a little crowd. That's basically you living out your childhood dream in a small way, but it's still, you lived it out in a way that you wanted to, you know what I mean? Exactly. And as a childhood, I never imagined it would be Rocket League. Uh, we were just talking about League. I thought it would have been League because uh, I ended up getting pretty high in League in the rank system. But then, uh, as you said, an hour-long game is just too much for me. Rocket League yeah. games are five minutes long. You can get in and out of a game pretty quickly. Biggest thing for me. No, yeah, man. Especially once you go to college. Like I know, I know these guys who I was in a, I was in the library studying. These guys are going hard on uh, league, right? They're just sitting there for hours on end. I'm like, do you guys not have anything to study? Like, do you guys not want to go out to party? No, these guys are just gaming on league. I remember our my university is small, but we had this gaming club. I would I would be on campus until like one eight, like I think eight p.m. I had a class from seven. I had a class from 6 to 10 p.m. one day, uh, 6 to eight, six to 9.30. And I used to walk around just because I hated class. I'd leave class and walk around for a bit. And I saw these guys. These guys would bring screens. They would all come from their dorm rooms, bring their screens, put it in the cafeteria, and bring their, like, Nintendo Switches. And they used to play Smash Bros. Bro, there was, like, 50 people with 14 different screens all playing Smash Bros on a freaking, what was it? It was, like, a Tuesday night at, like, 9 p.m. And they would do this 
three times a week. And they would do also do it on a Saturday when people are going to party. These guys would be there playing Smash Bros. I was like, bro, you guys are the real ones. Like, that's impressive. <laughs> I was about to say, it sounds exactly what I would love to do on a Saturday, <laughs> but instead I forced myself out to go to those parties. I think, <laughs> I think people should go to parties, like just to meet new people, meet like different experiences. Like, it's great that people like, you, you know, you, you have your niche, like you have your niche, like, you, you know, you really just like gaming, you like hanging out with people that have the same ideologies. It's great. But you also have to go get out of that and, you know, witness other things. Cause now you're not a professional gamer. You're not in the collegiate level and all. Now you work in the real world. Like, how is that? How has this changed? You know, going from going from playing sports, uh, esports as like, you know, a hobby that turned into a competitive thing. Now, you know, you play it when you barely have time. So how's that been like? Uh, to be honest, it's been really cool, surprisingly. Um, I See, as a child, I knew I was a nerd, I, but I kept it kind of to myself. Yeah. Um, I swam, I played soccer, I played baseball, um, for Don Bosco prep up in Ramsey, New Jersey. And I, I didn't know exactly where this would take me. Um, and I was just, I always just looked at it with a negative connotation, you know, like negative stigma, being a nerd, being a gamer, all this stuff. Um, and then when I came to college, as I said, I founded a fraternity with my best friend. Um, there was 68 of us. We were throwing parties. Um, no one really knew how much Rocket League I played. Um, no one had any idea uh, uh, until around 2018 after, you know, we got finally funded and everything. They ended up putting our faces in the school paper um, and exposed me on social media uh, and everything. I say exposed because I wasn't ready to be yeah, exposed yeah, yeah. yet. Um, but surprisingly winning going to the finals all the press coverage uh ended up being awesome and then now post-college as you asked me um going to get interviewed for jobs um right now i work as it at prudential yeah. center <clears throat> but before that i was looking for jobs for financial advisory i was looking at some um different wealth management jobs um i ended up staying away from wealth management just because of how i felt about you know uh giving people financial right. advice um, but that's a whole different story. What I wanted to touch upon was that during the interview, I have esports on my resume. I have the fact that I founded it. I have the things we've done and I've had um, the competitions we landed on my resume. And I was always a bit worried, you know, how is the interviewer going to look at this? Are they going to look at this like whatever? If they're 70 years old, are they going to be like, who cares? Maybe you play video games, blah, blah, blah. Um, but what I've learned, long story short, is that money talks. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, money talks. And apparently everyone in any industry and business has started to realize how much money esports is bringing in uh, to a lot of people. Isn't esports um, so a was, billion dollar industry? Isn't like the gaming industry, like it's like close to a billion dollar industry, if not higher than that? See, I don't want to speak and be incorrect, but I, that sounds about accurate. I, 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 I felt like I heard that like on TSN Sports East, or like on eSports or something. I feel like I saw an Instagram fact about it. 100%. Don't, don't doubt that. I would yeah. say if, it, if it's anything, it's probably around the billions. Yeah. Um, so these, these interviewers are starting to appreciate it. I remember one time I brought it up. Um, and he asked me about it. So I gave him a quick rundown of what I did in esports. He was like, yeah, um, my company actually been looking into esports a lot as an investment, looking for different opportunities to try to find ways to invest in esports, <laughs> talking about how cool it is and 
blah, blah, blah. Keep in mind, this man looked like he was in his mid fifties. So I, I was, I was shocked. And now I'm getting, um, people say it's cool. People say it's awesome. You did this and that. Um, and I'm quite proud of it. And I never expected to be this proud of it when I was, you know, a 13 year old building my PC. Well, you know, I, I get that. Like, I remember growing up, all, all my parents and all these parents had this, like, negative connotation, like you said, against gaming. It's like, oh, it's addicting. You shouldn't be gaming. Like, this, there's no future in it. Stop it. Like, you're wasting your time. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be studying. You know, you get that, right? I, It's like, yeah, you should study. You should do this, all that. That's great. But now, this 12-year-old kid or 13, whatever he was, winning the Fortnite championship and what was it like five million, two million dollars, or was it like a million dollars? How much? Like a millions of dollars, and now people are winning league championships, five million dollars. There's different games out there, just so many different games that are giving away money. People are winning sponsorships, everything, and people are like Twitch streams, YouTube, gaming, gaming, gaming. There's just so much in the game. Like Phase Clan is just huge, just because of gaming. There's different game like sports teams. It's become a professional. It's a, become a professional career for a lot of people. And a lot of people have made a lot of money off of it, if not a lot, a lot of money. And I think it's a very cool thing. It's a really cool career that people could possibly be getting into. And just like, you know, how you start up playing baseball, you start up playing soccer. Like I played all these sports as a young kid. You know, I'm not expecting to be good at them. I'm not expecting to be a professional at these sports. But, you know, people put in the time and effort. People put in their 10,000 hours into hockey. They put it into baseball. Gaming is just another thing, you know, people put it into coding, programming. It's just another skill that looks like it benefited you in the long run. I feel like it could benefit any young person that are doing it, you know? A hundred percent. I mean, uh, mark my words today. My kid is going to be really good at whatever future game exists 20 years from now. I'm going to, I'm going to teach him exactly how practice should be good, should be yeah. going down um, and skip all the uh, mistakes I had to make as a younger kid. Well, all not, not only just the mistakes, at least you're open to the idea that, you know, gaming is a career for you. Like gaming could be something like if you enjoy it, like if your kid enjoys gaming, like you're not, you're, you're not going to be there to stop it because you went through it yourself. Like if your kid enjoys sports, you're going to be like, hell yeah, I'm there to support you. But parents like in the past, or like a few, few years, even like five, five, four or five years ago, were like, no, 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 there's nothing in gaming. You can't do it. You're just a bum. You just sit at home, do nothing. Yet he's practicing for something that he could be good at. So exactly. Um, I trust me. I remember as a kid getting punished, taking the Wi-Fi away. <laughs> oh, all this that's stuff. the worst. The Wi-Fi is the worst. Yes. I, I remember that punishment. Yes. <laughs> taking away the Wi-Fi, no internet, all this stuff, man. Didn't she, she would have known that could have made me money one day. Oh. She wouldn't have stopped you. She would have been like, she would have been like, please go on, continue. Not even just money. If she knew that, you know, maybe it would have paid for your college. Maybe you, you know, you could have been better. Maybe you could have done this and that. It's just I feel like a lot of parents don't realize there's just so many opportunities out there in the world that we're not exploring and not, you know, letting our kids. Uh, tap into like there's just so much potential that we could all be tapping into like and that's why this podcast started right it's just i'm finding out different careers that people should be aware of you know hey there's this there's gaming there's cuddling there's dog walking there's dog sitting like there's just so many different careers out there and it's really freaking exciting and i think people need to be aware of what could make the money and not everyone has time to do a nine to five job every day and 
be able to feed the family. So they need something to do on the side and make more money. That's who doesn't like money? You know, money, like you said, money talks. Mm -hmm. People are investing in Bitcoin. People are investing in GME, GameStop to the moon, Dogecoin. Like, like people are tr always trying no matter what to make more money than they already have. And gaming is just another part of it. Exactly. And I mean, even if it wasn't money, if that wasn't the goal, <clears throat> I think people really undervalue. Uh, all right, so let's be clear. Let's think of a. Can you think of a casual game? Like what's a what's a casual game? Oh, okay. Think, think, maybe, think, maybe Grand Theft Auto. Well, that's not really a casual game. Like I feel like a casual game that people like really undermine is like chess, or like oh, that's like a board game. We're talking board game, but we're talking about like a video game, Call of Duty. Everyone yeah, plays yeah, Call of. I didn't want to offend you. I didn't know if you were a Call of Duty player. No, 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 no. Yeah, Duty yeah. It's very, very casual. Yeah, it's um, very casual. So playing a casual game, in my opinion, like Call of Duty, uh, I wouldn't call that self-improvement. But anything competitive, I, I start to think of League of Legends. I start to think of StarCraft, Counter-Strike, um, Valorant, um, Rocket League. I, I start to think of those games. Um, people don't value how much self-improvement actually occurs. Um, you learn how to learn. You learn how to get better. You watch people better than you to get better. That's the only way you're ever going to get better. You watch pro streamers stream. You watch them on their YouTube channels. You watch them play. And you look at what they're doing that you're not doing. Um, you, you start to think of where you're messing up in game. Um, are you not passing? Are you not looking around? Are your awareness, is your awareness not good? Can you not read the ball off the wall? Can do you have bad control? What is it that is your issue? Uh, and fix that. Um, how do you fix that in training? Um, I mean, right now I have around, uh, 5,000 hours in the game. Um, and I would say at least 3000 of those hours are spent in training. No online, comp uh, teammate, no, nothing, just, me, a ball, and just practicing what I can do with it. Um, and that can apply to anything in life. That can apply to how well you do in school. That can apply to playing guitar. That can apply to playing piano. That can apply to working out. That can apply to getting better at martial arts. That can apply to getting better at your sport. Anything you can think of, you learn a lot from getting better at a competitive game, in my opinion, where you can see where you rank up with the rest of the world. Um, and people don't see that especially I feel older generations because they look at it as just mindless casual playing like Call of Duty, uh, which is fun sometimes, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think it's important for people to realize how much self-improvement you can get out of just playing a video game. Also, I don't think people realize how much uh, how much therapy is in video games for some people. You know, there's people have sports therapy. You know, people go play sports for therapy. People go, you know, walking. People go swimming. People go. Eat. Some people eat. Some people shop. You know, that's like that's their therapeutic thing. And gaming for a lot of kids is their comfort. You know, sometimes stuff happens in a, in a home that's just really shitty, and stuff goes down, and you know, people can't help it, and kids escape to video games. It's a reality that they can escape. And I feel like a lot of those kids are the ones that probably put in the most hours into those games and get really, really good. And I think a lot of parents don't realize, and then the parents just get mad at them for gaming and that's all they do. But, you know, maybe that's that's their escape. And that escape could potentially become a career for them that they could use, you know, as a, as a leverage in their future. But that's just my opinion. That's on some people might not agree with that. But, yeah. I agree with it. Um... Like I said, uh, 3,000 hours spent in training, 
Um, on PC, uh, as compared to like console Rocket League, you can download something called a custom map, uh, and which they can all be different things. Um, one of them is just learning how to, it's think of it as an aerial car control practice map. It's just getting better at flying around and it's like an obstacle course map and you just have to be able to move around in the air to get past it. Um, and the amount of time I've spent there just listening to music and I just going into pure, uh, reflex mode. Um, and, and it's almost like meditation, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Um, you, you called it therapy. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, if something bad happened to me um, and I was stressing, I could hop on. I could play that map, and I could do that for 30 minutes, and I wouldn't have a thought in the world. Um, and then all of a sudden, I don't. I, I'm pretty calm. And if I was angry, if I was bothered, if I was upset, depressed, anything. I mean, that was that was gone. Especially in the time of coronavirus, like we have to talk about, like we were stuck at home for almost two years. We're, we're going to be stuck at home for almost two years almost. And it, it's already been a year and it's ridiculous for the people that could cope and had a mechanism with coping with stress and with all this anxiety was through gaming and like online platforms and being at home and being able to do, be a homebody. They thrived. They, they were thriving through coronavirus compared to people that only the only way they got, you know, their anxiety out was to go out and do something like something crazy, go to a bar, go eat. And that now, you know, it's it was like it was the time to shine. And I think a lot of people picked up a controller, picked up a council and were like, you know, let's start gaming. Let's start seeing what could uh, what I could do. And I think a lot of people realized and appreciated the, the art of the art of EA Sports. So EA Gaming. Exactly. Exactly. I cannot agree more. Uh, as uh, my final question for you is what kind of advice would you give to a person who's in high school right now or elementary or even college think, or even has a career already thinking of picking up a controller and starting to game? If it's Rocket League or any, any game, to be honest, in general, what would your opinion be to them when it comes to start picking gaming? Great question. Um, let me think about that for a second. I also wanted to say something because you made me think of it. Um, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, most most of the top players in the world, uh, I know a lot of 13-year-olds and 11-year-olds who will easily be in the RLCS and probably won't even have to go to college. Um, one thing, do consider college if you are one of those kids. Um, cause, and, and consider maybe a finance degree because it's important to learn. Or if you're smart enough, learn how to use YouTube and don't go to college because we're getting to that point where I don't even think college degrees might be worth it as long as you know how to learn yourself and teach yourself. But be aware that you need to be able to teach yourself. Um, but what is my advice to a growing player? <clears throat> Mindset and practice. Um, Mindset as in toxicity, uh, cockiness, humbleness, um, being one of the best players in the world at 11 year old, 11 years old can, can make an 11 year old quite toxic. Uh, you'd be surprised at some of these players who are ready to make 150 K a year playing rocket league, who are awful people to speak to. And they're 12. Um, so definitely keeping a good mindset forward, understanding that there's going to be bumps in the roads ahead. It's not a solid climb upwards. Um, you will get really good then you will get stuck. It's like a plateau. Um, sometimes for months, sometimes all you need is a break. Um, and then you get back into the game 
and suddenly you're, you're doing better and then you get worse and all of a sudden you'll be stuck there too. Uh, you have to have perseverance and discipline to be able to push past those plateaus. Um, and then you just need to have the awareness of what opportunities lie ahead and look for them early. Look for them at 15, look for them at 16. If you're 17, 18, you're still not late. But if you're 15, 14, and you're thinking about this, you are ahead of the curve. So you can look for colleges that offer scholarship opportunities, which is not something I didn't look for when I was younger. Um, for example, I've seen people on the app Clubhouse, which is how Hassan and I met, um, <clears throat> in their bio saying they like to connect high schoolers to colleges um, who are offering, offering esports opportunities. Um, so if you do some research into that, you can meet people like that who might be able to help you out and uh, help your family out in the long run too um, with yeah. colleges. <clears throat> and just making sure that you just network and meet the right people and trust them um, that they'll take you the right way. Uh, it's just about being a social uh, and mentally stable person um, who knows how to self-improve and practice and push through the hard times and um, and just look for opportunities. Because as a young kid, getting really good, it's easy just to be like, okay, I'm going to be top in the world. Um, but you got to do stuff to be able to put yourself in that seat. Um, so knowing how to do that uh, just stems from doing the proper research. Okay, that's amazing. You know, that makes sense. Like mindset. I can get I can get that. And I think it's not just kids at 12 or 11 that are best in the world, but anyone who gets good at anything becomes a little cocky at some extent. They're like, you know, I know my stuff. You don't know nothing, you know. And I think people sometimes forget that humbleness can go a long way or, you know, just or having the right mindset, even if you're not humble, having the right mindset and treating people like you want to be treated can go a very long way in helping you in your future. If you're a, if you're a kid, 12-year-old kid making 150K a year, a Imagine if you had the right mindset, you were humble, and you really cared uh, to hear what people had to say and take their advice. Oh my God, that 150k is about to turn to 300,000. Then it's going to be 400,000. Like you're going to be making more money if you listen to the right people and take the right advice, and that's just going to keep make you grow as a better person and a better player. And in the long run, it's going to that's the thing that's going to get you the sponsorships, and that's the things that's going to get you to be playing Rocket League or whatever game you're playing. And, for a very, very, very long time. So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Jared, I want to thank you so much. Um, good luck at your jiu-jitsu practice. <laughs> and thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for being on this podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope to keep in touch with you. Thank you for having me. This has been a pleasure. And uh, actually, real quick to add, we always talk about humbleness. If, if you're an esports gamer, uh, go do jujitsu. And if you had issues with being humbled, you will be humbled pretty fast. Thank you for listening to our weekly episode of Stability, the podcast, hosted by Hassan Ashraf. For the latest news on Stability Podcast, please follow our Instagram at Stability Podcast or our Twitter at Stability underscore pod.